broke. This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour open-line talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. To express your viewpoint, please call 804-754-1988. That's 804-754-1988. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. It's Flag Day on June 14, 1777. The Second Continental Congress selected the flag of the United States. In 1916, President Woodrow Wilson designated June 14th as National Flag Day, as the emblem of our Union. On June 14, 1783, General George Washington sent a circular letter to the 13 governors of the newly independent states. He said, I think it a duty to make this my last official communication to congratulate you on the glorious events which heaven has been pleased to produce in our favor. Heaven, he said, has crowned all its other blessings by giving a fairer opportunity for political happiness than any other nation has ever been favored with. But Washington went on to warn, according to the system of policy the state shall adopt at this moment, they will stand or fall. And by their confirmation or lapse, it is yet to be decided whether the revolution must ultimately be considered as a blessing or a curse, not to the present age alone, for with our fate will the destiny of unborn millions be involved. And it was John Adams, our second president, who in 1777 said, Posterity, you will never know how much it costs the present generation to preserve your freedom. I hope you will make good use of it, and if you do not, I shall repent in heaven that I ever took half the pains to preserve it. Well, welcome to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chris Meyer. It's conversation as always with ever-increasing conviction, talk that transforms, yes, even today, as we talk about the flag. The flag is flagging, by the way, and the flag is at the crossroads. The flag is at the crossroads. That's right. And today, we're going to be taking a look at why that is. The flag at the crossroads. We want to talk a lot about the history of the flag. We want to talk about the actual purpose of the flag. What does it really mean? Have you thought about that? What does the flag really mean? What were its intentions? And if the flag fails or flags, so to speak, what happens to the rest of the society? What happens to America? And does the flag and its role in our society today reflect, even reveal, what has actually happened in the heart of America? Again, I welcome you to Viewpoint. She used to be called Old Glory, It's the American flag, the symbol of our country. But again, the question is, is the flag losing its bond of allegiance for you and for me, for our kids, for our countrymen? It seems like it is. Today, we're celebrating Flag Day. Did the stars and stripes represent the substance of what is 
merely the memory of what was in the past? And if our kids have lost the meaning, will they have any memory? And if the substance of the flag is tarnished, can the symbol yet teach us? The red, the white, the blue. You know, it used to bring tears of delight to people, but today it increasingly sparks tears of dismay and even rebellion and violence. What can we make of this? It was June 14, 1777, as we indicated that the Second Continental Congress adopted this resolution, resolved that the flag of the United States be 13 stars, white in a blue field, representing a new constellation. Now, whether or not history can verify the accepted creator of the first flag, that is Betsy Ross, History confirms, though, the blessing that those stars and stripes have brought to Americans and even to our world. I think we know that. Although there is a new frame, a new strain of thinking out there among our young people, among millennials, among Generation Z, that the stars and stripes actually represent oppression. Is that true? How could such a thing be thought, let alone acted upon. You know, I can remember a time, actually, when I was a young boy, when my heart skipped a beat when I spotted old glory waving in the breeze. The flag has always captured my mind and my heart. And the more I talk to our countrymen out there, I find there is a decreasing response to old glory. Maybe she's too old. Maybe she's getting decrepit in her old age. And I know a little bit about that, what it feels like since today is my birthday. That's right. It's not everyone who has other Americans who put out their flags for their birthday. Well, that used to be the case. I put mine out today. In fact, my wife put out uh, a number of banners today. Have you put your flag out today? And if not, why not? We want to talk a bit in the second half of the program about the why not aspect. Because it has a lot to do with the future of America. So what has the flag meant to you? What does it mean in our hearts? Old glory. That proud symbol of America is the product of rather haphazard series of events. Maybe you didn't know that. From 1776 until 1912, when the flag was formalized, every flag maker was in effect a flag designer. And there were many versions of the Stars and Stripes, believe it or not. And no one knows really who the designer was. Some think it was Betsy Ross. On June 14, 1777, after independence, the Continental Congress decreed retention of the stripes, but replacement of Britain's flag with a new constellation of stars symbolizing the United Colonies. Notice the word united. The only authority for the story that Betsy Ross made the flag was her grandson, who told a story in 1870. But in 1872... 
I mean 1782 rather, 1782, Congress proclaimed that the red stood for courage, the white for purity, and the blue for justice or truth. So here's my question for you today. What does the flag stand for to you? Remember, the flag isn't the substance, it's a symbol. What is the substance behind the symbol? And if the substance behind the symbol begins to wane, then what happens to the symbol? What do you think? We want to talk a little bit about that when we get back. This is really important. Our flag is not just flagging. No, it's at the crossroads. It's at the crossroads in more ways than one. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. The word flag is not actually found in the Bible. It's certainly not in the King James Version of the Bible. But there is a verse, Psalm 60, verse 4, that perhaps we should consider. You have given a banner to those who fear you to be displayed because of the truth. You see, the Bible uses the word banner, not flag. You have given a banner to those who fear you to be displayed because of the truth. Well, what if the truth falls on hard times? How about the banner? What if the fear of the Lord falls on hard times? What happens to the banner, the flag? We want to explore that here in this segment of the program today on Viewpoint. And uh, by the way, I want to make available to you a very helpful and encouraging book. It's not just about the flag, but it's about all of the issues that undergird the substance for which the symbol stands. It's called Renewing the Soul of America. Renewing the Soul of America one person at a time, beginning with you. There's a reason 38 national Christian leaders endorse this book. It is a book that has sold more than any other of our books over the past 20 years. Renewing the Soul of America. Well over 500 quotations from our nation's history, many if not most of them very encouraging, setting the tone, setting the direction. In fact, many pastors have used this in their pulpits. Renewing the Soul of America. One person at a time, beginning with you. It's an $18 book, yours for $15, and it's going to be very encouraging to you. It has endured the test of time over these past 20 years. Amazingly. In fact, it's more relevant today than it was even then. That's why 38 national Christian leaders endorsed it, because they saw it as 
a unique book for our times, very different than any other book regarding America's struggle and times and and trials and tribulations and so on, because the focus wasn't on them. It was on me and us and what role you and I have to play in restoring the substance behind the symbol. It's a life-changing book. Believe me, it's a life-changing book. Some people have reported that they even broke down and wept just reading the first chapter. That's right, I'm not kidding you. (laughs) Anyway, uh, the book is available on our website, saveus.org, saveus.org, Renewing the Soul of America. You can call us at 1-800-SAVE-USA. That's 1-800-SAVE-USA. Or write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Writing a check at $5 for postage and handling. Also, what a great gift to give somebody uh, for our nation's birthday coming up as well, July 4th, you know. Okay, let's go back here and let's go back to the beginning. Our broadcast right now airs from the shores of the James River. The James River is America's birth river. That's where the Cross of the Covenant was first planted on these shores in 1607. So in 1607, God's covenant was first expressed on these shores. Just a few miles, as I said, from where this broadcast is airing. And there they planted a cross. I want you to remember that. That's how God's covenant was first expressed on these shores, by the planting of a cross. Not by the planting of a flag, by the planting of a cross. So I have the same question about the cross that I have about the flag. Because the cross is not the substance. It's a symbol. So I'm wondering if the symbols are fading in the memory and meaning of we the people... Maybe it's because the substance is fading. Let me give you an idea as to what I mean. Back in 1996, one year, just a little less than one year after we launched this radio program, I did a program called Old Glory. Yeah, for Flag Day. And... Unlike most of our programs, we actually did a transcript of that program. So I want to share with you some of the language from that transcript of from 1996. Wow. That's a long time ago, isn't it? 25 years ago? That's how long we've been on the Actually, we've been on the air for 26 years now. At that time... The newspaper talked about church burning in Oklahoma. A lone blackened cross could be seen among the buckled siding, broken windows, and collapsed roof of yet another church destroyed by fire. It was the latest in a string of suspicious fires at black churches around the country. 34 of them to date. Just in that year alone, 34 churches and a lone black cross could be seen among the buckled siding. So what I was wondering then, and I'm still wondering even the more so today, if the symbol of the cross had become blackened in the American mind and heart. 
What do you think? Sure, yeah, yeah, we still claim to be a religious people. We claim to believe in God. Although about 20% less of us claim to believe in God today than we did in 1996. But while the substance of the nation is sliding into the abyss of moral depravity, I'm wondering that as the symbolism of the flag is waning, if the symbolism of the cross is not also waning. In other words, the flag is actually at the crossroads, not just in a metaphorical way, but in reality, that the way we have treated the cross is also determining how we treat the flag and the respect or allegiance that we have for the flag and the symbolism for the flag. Isn't it interesting that the cross has been taken down from the majority of America's churches today, particularly evangelical churches, amazingly? The cross has been taken down. It used to be in our churches the the flag was flown, not in a substitute for the cross, but as a symbol that America stood united in the cross. How so? Because of the courage, the sacrifice, the purity, that is integrity and the truth. Those are the colors of the flag. That's what Congress told us. So the flag has been removed from many of our churches, if not most, but so has the cross. Which came first? I'm not sure. But I have noted across the country that the cross has been removed from the churches, that is certainly evangelical churches, and the flag has likewise been removed. But interestingly now, the cross seems to only be worn on necklaces and display items. You can find various forms of a cross to put up in your house, but the flag is pretty tough. Pretty tough to find and There's a reason why. It's not just because the symbolism has been lost in the substance, but also because there is terror now associated with both the cross and the flag. We're going to talk about that in the second half of the program. The fear and terror that is increasingly associated with both the cross and the flag in American society. The very things that once bound us as a people in unity have now become the engines and weapons of division. Unbelievable. You talk about a change. Criminologists reported about the explosion of juvenile crime that was occurring in 1996 that something had happened. Here were the words 
that something has happened in the heart of America that's never happened before. Now, this is in 1996. Three years earlier, Time Magazine, April 5th, had on its front cover a cross. In the lower right-hand corner, it said the generation that forgot God. Not the generation that was going to forget God, the generation that already had forgotten God. That was 1993, the year we formed and began Save America Ministries. Now you can understand why God called me out to the practice of law at the very moment in time when even the secular media had discovered in 1992-93 that the American dream was unraveling and we had already forgotten God. It was amazing. So now, immediately thereafter, the criminologists were reporting using their language that something has happened in the heart of America that's never happened before. So what was that? Does it have anything to do with the fading memory of the symbols of our land, the flag and the cross? The governor of, uh, a governor, said that attacking a church is the ultimate obscenity. Well, we've had efforts, we had efforts across the country back in 1996 to enact legislation at the congressional level about the defacing of our flag. Are we defacing the flag daily with lack of integrity in our lives? Are we defacing and obliterating the cross daily with the increasing lack of integrity in our lives? What do you think? Are those reasonable questions? And that, by the way, is what Viewpoint's all about. Our viewpoint concerning the symbols in our land reflect our viewpoint concerning the substance for which those symbols stand. And now you understand why people in the past concerning this program have said you cannot listen to viewpoint long and not be changed. The reason is we don't just provide information here. This program is not primarily about information, although we provide vast amounts of information. The primary purpose of the information is to apply it in such a way through the interconnection with the Word of God, the authority of God and His Word, to bring transformation in our lives. And that's what we're doing today, even as we talk about the flag. Do we just stand for religious rhetoric? Or do we stand for righteousness? For the Bible says righteousness alone exalts a nation. But sin is a reproach to any people. How can we say that we love God? How can we say that we're honoring the cross or the flag when we're living in unrighteousness and dissing what God has to say? As I said, the Continental Congress back in 1777 passed a resolution that the flag of the 13 colonies of the United States be 13 stripes, alternate red and white, that the Union be 13 stars, white in a blue field, representing a new constellation. Since that time, generations of Americans have celebrated the flag as a symbol of our God-given freedoms and 
God-blessed nation, and in every American military campaign, old glory has been a symbol of our freedom. Old glory. And so I remember back, even when I was a youngster, singing the song, This is my country, grandest on earth. This is my country. I pledge thee my allegiance, America the bold, for this is my country to have and to hold. I thrill to see old glory paint the breeze. I do. But you know what? These days, there is a lurking pain in my heart when I see the flag. Because I know that its respect and symbolism is waning in our country, just as is the cross. The flag is at the crossroads. We'll be right back. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, on the front page are two great videos. First, an interview and discussion of Chuck's book, Out of Egypt. Also, a great TV interview with Chuck regarding his book, Seduction of the Saints. Much more videos, a For Pastors Only section, and also you can view Chuck's weekly teachings. All at his website, saveus.org. That's saveus.org. Also on Chuck's website, listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast. Listen to the archives. Maybe you missed a program. Check it out at saveus.org. Also, there are some great resources, hospitality information, also information about marriage, divorce, and remarriage, newsletters, articles, prophecy, prayer and revival information, all at saveus.org. I was born on Flag Day in 1945, immediately following the wrap-up of World War II. Patriotism had been surging in our country. The country had made vast sacrifices in order to preserve freedom and liberty and justice for all, in order to preserve the substance of the flag. But what has happened since then during my lifetime is in many respects lamentable. My wife was born just one year after I, and together we look back over that period of American history and world history and we find that much of biblical prophecy has been fulfilled since 1945 and is in the process of being fulfilled right in our lifetime, and that the very nation that God had granted blessing as a Gentile nation, almost like a Gentile Israel, has gone the way of Israel herself. The infighting that Israel is experiencing today, yes, this very day, with a new government, it is a government of unprecedented compromise where people of radically opposite viewpoints have confederated together, not around truth, not around principles, not around the nation, but in hatred for Benjamin Netanyahu. 
the very same thing that happened in this country. Hatred for Donald Trump, who, by the way, also was born on this day. One year younger than I, for whatever that's worth. It was on June 14, 1777, that the Continental Congress selected the flag of the United States. In 1916, Woodrow Wilson signed the proclamation making June 14th the National Flag Day. Have you put out your flag yet? You haven't? Why? On Flag Day 1942, Franklin D. Roosevelt stated, The belief in man created free in the image of God is the crucial difference between ourselves and the enemies we face. On June 14, 1954, when I was nine years old, Dwight Eisenhower signed the Joint Resolution, Public Law 396, adding the phrase, One Nation Under God, to the Pledge of Allegiance to the Flag. And so for the majority of my lifetime, I had the privilege of saying, One Nation Under God, Indivisible. But if we're not under God as one nation, we are not indivisible, and that's the reason why we're so divided. A 50% division in America, unprecedented in the history of the country. The flag has fallen on hard times. Because the cross has fallen on hard times, even in God's own house. Eisenhower made this statement on June 14, 1954, when he signed that uh, declaration to include one nation under God to the Pledge of Allegiance. He said, from this day forward, the millions of our school children will daily proclaim in every city and town, every village and rural schoolhouse, the dedication of our nation and our people to the Almighty. In other words, to God. Wow. Can you see what's happened? Today, they're fighting in our schools in the school boards, everything, every principle of the Bible, everything based upon creation, a creator is being perverted, destroyed, argued, replaced, debased in the name of education. Exactly the opposite of what Dwight Eisenhower, who was not uh, a flaming Christian by any means, what he had in mind. Eisenhower said in this way, we are reaffirming the transcendence of religious faith in America's heritage and future, and we shall constantly strengthen those spiritual weapons which forever will be our country's most powerful resource in peace or in war. So, you might say, uh, well, we, we haven't lost our allegiance. I, I pledge allegiance to the flag. I stand uh, every time somebody asks for a pledge of allegiance. I stand and put my hand over my heart and pledge allegiance. But w- what does the republic stand for? You say, you say we, and to the republic for which it stands. We say, and we pledge allegiance to the flag and to the republic for which it stands. So what is that republic for which it stands? And what does that republic stand for? And what do you stand for? Not just in rhetoric, but in reality. 
What does your life stand for? Because you see, if your life is not consistent with what you say you believe, then you and I, if that's our condition, are part of the problem why the flag is losing its allegiance and why the country is becoming more and more divided. So let's take a look a, a little bit about uh, what this flag stands for, run few, a few thoughts. So let's take a look for a minute at the blue field on which the beautiful white stars sit. Any lawyer knows or should know that if he's going to stand before a jury, he better wear a blue suit or at least seriously consider it. Why is that? Because we're told that blue somewhere deep in our human mind and heart represents truth. So blue represents truth. The blue field on our flag represents truth, and out of that comes justice. Not social justice the way it's been touted today. That's a perversion. So what's happened to truth in America? Well, Patterson and Kim, two advertising executives for the J. Walter Thompson Advertising Agency, wrote back in 1990 that 91% of Americans now lie. Regularly conscious, premeditated lies. Newsweek magazine featured on its front cover in 1992. A man's face wearing sunglasses. On one lens it said lying. On the other lens it said everybody's doing it. Honest. <laughs> and not to be outdone, Time magazine in 1992 on its front cover, a blazing headline in red saying sea of lies. Talking about our government responding with lack of integrity in the matter of truth. So let's go back to 1992-93. What happened to the blue field of our flag? Truth is now lying in the streets, just like Isaiah wrote in Isaiah chapter 1. A nation whose first president supposedly could not tell a lie today has a hard time telling the truth. So what's happened to the symbol? Well, the same thing that has happened to the substance. We've cast truth in the streets. So how about the white stripes? What, what stands for purity? White stands for purity or virtue. Did you know that America was once known as the land of virtue? In fact, did you know that the banners of America, the words liberty and virtue, appeared side by side? Just ask Pennsylvania. That was their, their state motto. Where would you find the word virtue in the banners of America today? You wouldn't. Because a nation that was once known for a virtue is now internationally known for her vice. It's amazing. But it's the truth. So we've actually formed the world's image of the land of the free and the home of the brave by smut, Pornography, lack of virtue. So even Forbes Business Magazine, to celebrate its 75th anniversary edition in 1992, devoted its entire issue to asking the question, whatever happened to virtue in America? Are you beginning to see what the trajectory here is? We're not the nation that we claim to be. We're not the nation that we pretend to be. We're not the nation that even when we pledge allegiance to the flag, we're doing so in many respects with lack of integrity. 
and the symbols change when the substance behind them changes. Well, so let's take a, a look at the red stripes in the flag. Red stands for sacrifice and the courage that sacrifice requires. But you can't have courage and sacrifice without a commitment to community, a unity, a bond between the people. And today, both religious and secular observers alike are in agreement that the overarching social problem in America is the total fracture of all sense of community, and it's most revealed in that of the family, the fracture of the family. Husbands to wives, wives to husbands, husbands and fathers to kids, mothers to children, children to their parents. And so here we are with Father's Day coming up now. The issue of the symbolism of our flag is finding a direct link to the substance behind it in our families and particularly the role of fathers. So as we consider now how to restore and rebuild that substance, and the meaning and the allegiance to our flag, we're going to have to consider the allegiance of fathers to their kids. So because of that, God knew that was going to be the condition just before the second coming of Christ. So he told Malachi, the prophet, 400 years before Christ came on the scene, he told him that to write that before the great and terrible day of the Lord, that is the, the second coming of Christ, before that, he would send forth the heart, the spirit of Elijah the prophet to call the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers. Talk about a poignant word. And that, believe it or not, friends, is why I wrote the book, Hearts of the Fathers, Leaving a Legacy That Lasts. It is an unusual book about fatherhood. It is a book to assist even professing Christian men, fathers, to learn how to be and become the spiritual leaders in their home so that they, at least in their home and among their grandchildren, can be a leader for righteousness and truth so that the flag doesn't uh, lose its substance and the cross doesn't lose its substance Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by his spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. We were talking just before the break about hearts of the fathers, how to leave a legacy that lasts for dads. And uh, it's a uh, $20 uh, hardbound book. And uh, 
We're going to make it available to you today for your gift of $15 to, to Save America Ministries. $15. We want to get that message out. Fathers, dads need this book. They really do. Ladies, wives, mothers, grandmothers, your husband needs this book and needs to read it. Needs to read it. And you can read it a little bit at a time. I write in such a way that you don't have to read long sections and get bored. The pages are divided uh, in ways that you can read for a few minutes, put it aside, come back uh, later that day or the next day and read the next section. I, I read a lot of books that way. I don't have time to just sit down and read, 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 read. And we also need time to assimilate, to massage, to think it over, to mull it over. So here's the book, Hearts of the Fathers, Leaving a Legacy That Lasts. It's on our website, saveus.org, saveus.org. You can call us at 1-800-SAVE-USA, 1-800-SAVE-USA, or write to us at Save America Ministries. P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. You're writing a check at $5 for postage and handling, and we'll get that in your hands. This is really, really important. I cannot overstate the importance of that book and its message. It is a very important message, so important that it's the next-to-last message that God has decreed to the planet before the second coming of Christ. The last message is in Revelation chapter 14. Revelation chapter 14, where an angel flies in with the everlasting gospel and declares these three things. Fear God, glorify him, and worship him that made heaven and earth. And then the end comes. Mm -hmm. Notice the very first thing is fear God. Now, if you were Satan, if you were God's enemy and you wanted to be like the Most High and you didn't want people to follow the Lord, what would you do? Well, you would shift the fear. You would use fear to destroy God's creation. You would use fear to cause people to flee from the fear of the Lord and to flee man, uh, fear man. And that's exactly what's happening. I have in front of me the May issue of Whistleblower Magazine, published by WorldNet Daily. And here is the headline Merchants of Fear. Merchants of Fear. They're using COVID, fear, to divide and rule. They're using political fear to intimidate. They're using cancel culture to cause you to fear that you'll lose your job, that you'll lose the ability to make a living, that the things that you like, you will not be able to continue to do, that even your family will be destroyed and attacked. It's happening all over the country. This is the engine of Satan, friends. 
We are to fear God. The flag means that we fear God. That's why it was established. A manifestation in the political and life of the American people that because of our allegiance to the cross and the fear of the Lord, we would be able to walk in righteousness and peace, embracing truth, embracing virtue, and embracing courage and sacrifice. That's what the flag is about. So as we have abandoned the fear of the Lord, we're now fearing man in spades. And because the majority of Democrats have long since abandoned not only the fear of the Lord, but abandoned God himself, and are carrying the entire party as an engine of destruction to those who actually do fear the Lord, they have become merchants of fear. It's unfortunate, but it's true. The majority of Democrats are now weaponizing anxiety and panic and terror in their effort to completely transform America because they know that God-fearing people or formerly God-fearing people will not participate, but they have to be intimidated so that they will not hold their allegiance publicly to the cross neither will they hold their allegiance publicly to the flag. And this very day, this very day as I was heading to the studio, I saw a neighbor. He happens to be a veteran of the Air Force. Wonderful Christian brother. And so I asked him, where's your flag? He's a very patriotic guy. He said, well, it's a scary thing to put a flag up today. I thought, yeah, that's what's happening. People are intimidated everywhere. They don't fear God anymore. And now increasingly they're having to fear man. And even the flag, the symbol of the, shall we say, the the political and practical manifestations of righteousness in the country can no longer be displayed with confidence because of fear of retribution. Is that not where we are today? Have you hesitated putting up a flag because of fear? I had purchased a beautiful little banner. It's not actually a flag, but it's a banner for yard display. It's beautiful. It's it's very, it's not tacky at all. And uh, it has the... National colors, flag, and in the middle is a circle, and all of this is just absolutely beautiful uh, in its presentation. 
And around that circle are these words. One nation under God. My wife said, do you think we should put that up? I said, absolutely. Absolutely, if we don't, somebody has to be able to stand. And having done all to stand, stand. We don't make trouble with our neighbors. We love our neighbors. We seek to bless them, serve them, do what we can. We're not making a display, a strange-looking, obtuse-looking, ugly display or domineering with a uh, 50-foot flag in the yard or something like that. No. It's respectful. Don't fear, friends. The Bible says, fear not. What can man do unto you? You say, well, man can do this, that, or the other. Well, yes. Jesus himself endured persecution. Remember, and he said, if they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. Why do you think you should be different than your Lord? You see, the flag isn't really about politics. It's about polity. It's about living together in covenant under God. That's what the flag represents. The unity of the country, of the people, under God. Indivisible because we're under God and agreeing with his purposes, his principles, his practices, and his truth. It's not a mystery, friends. It's not difficult to understand. It's only become confused because of the drift of time. And so I've painted for us all here today that drift from 1990 on. We see what's happened as the flag has fallen on increasingly hard times. But the cross has fallen on hard times during all of that time and even before. So as the cross has lost its substance, even among Christians, so the flag is losing its allegiance. Do we really want to have a country that would be a blessing to the world, that would fulfill God's purposes? You see, John Winthrop, a godly attorney back in 1630, before he landed four boatloads of Puritans, he wrote a document called A Model of Christian Charity. It was to guide those Puritans in their lives as they landed to fulfill what John Winthrop saw as the prophetic purpose of America. And he said, if we will keep this covenant and we will be faithful we should be a blessing throughout the earth. But if we renege on this covenant, and then instead of pursuing righteousness, we pursue self-righteousness and also use the blessings that God has given to us, not for the advancement of his kingdom, but for self-aggrandizement. If we do that, 
He said, then, God will hold us to account as being a perjured people and will cause us to become a curse and a byword among the nations. So where are we right now? Where do you think we are? Two books I made available here today. One is Renewing the Soul of America. $18 book, yours for $15 on our website, saveus.org. The other is Hearts of the Fathers, Leaving a Legacy That Lasts. Both dramatically different books, both helping us to come to grips in real time, in practical ways. Not decrying the darkness, but showing the way, shining the light that can restore God's glory in the land and in your home. Can't restore restore God's glory in the Congress until you can restore it in your home and in your congregation, Pastor. So, Renewing the Soul of America, Hearts of the Fathers. We're making them both available today for $15. If you get both of them at the same time, then it'll be $7 postage and handling for the two of them. Otherwise, it's $5 per book postage and handling, so you'll save an additional $3. We have never offered Hearts of the Fathers for that low a price. We want to get the message out, and what a tremendous gift it will make for Father's Day. I hope you'll avail yourself of the opportunity. You might want to get multiple copies of some have done to give to your children, older grandchildren, sons, grandsons. This is the moment, friends. You can help become a change agent, even through your own family. Don't hesitate to do it. And don't shrink in fear from the cross or from flying the flag. Thanks for joining us here on Viewpoint. Become a partner, send your gifts by faith to Save America Ministries or write to us at Save America Ministries, uh, PO Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Let's get that flag out there. Remember, today is Flag Day. Let old glory paint the breeze. You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Grissmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home.